Oh man, this conversation's a really cool one. I really had a good time. I I really enjoy I really enjoyed it a lot, and I felt like uh, there was good rapport, and like I was having fun. I re- I hope I hope the <laughs> I hope the guests Ramin Ramin Nazer. I hope he felt the same way. I think he did. Pretty sure. I'm pretty pretty sure. Uh, but this was this was a fun one, man. I hope to talk to Ramin again. I, I feel like we kind of uh, hit on a lot of. Uh, it was just a good flow. Like you know, I just feel like it was a good flow. Um, we both kind of have a, a comedic view of of the world, and man, his art is so good. I I, I said, please follow him on Instagram. It's just like these little daily nuggets of just hilarious insightful um really i don't know what's the i'm trying to think of like a really good word they're just they're like poetic and funny and yes like satirical um dark but like loving and beautiful uh it's uh they're all they're they're all the things as as is probably one of his uh his drawings would say it's like we're all the things and nothing at all you know it's that kind of um that kind of uh that kind of that kind of stuff that i feel like you could really only you could really only access it by going to see his uh his art you know i th- i think that like trying to like describe it i mean i guess that's what i try and do is describe things they just they just make me feel good when i see them when I see it, I I just go. I I always feel like I'm like ah yeah, like it's always a good reminder. Um, one of his uh, it was one of the ones that I saw that stood out. It was like, um, the current costume I'm wearing is death, but I go by the name of change. Maybe I butchered that. It was something. It was something like that. And it's just like man, like that. Like what do you how, what do you say about that? I don't know. Profound. I mean, he's certainly prolific. I mean, he's he's pumping out this stuff like, I think he's the author of eight or nine, ten. How many books, Ramin? Uh, I should have done my homework before recording this intro, but I'll just say, let's just say, I'll just say Ramin's the author of 25 books. And if that's not 25, then maybe by the time that you listen to this, it will be 25. I I don't know. Maybe there's a number out there. <laughs> he's certainly the author of two he's certainly the author of five he's certainly the author of six so i'm gonna say yeah he's the author of six between six and probably 200 books um because maybe you're listening to this in the year 2025 and you're like well how many books does this guy have and he's probably you know, learned how to uh, clone his consciousness to then uh, inject it into a uh, cybernetic living tissue robot future guy uh, who is just like locked in his basement, just like cranking out like crazy amounts of art. And everyone's like, yeah, Ramin. And little they know that he has... um uh, a clone, a slave, a, a, a slave consciousness clone, robot, cyber, dude. <laughs> All right. Anyway, this was a great conversation, man. I really, I, I think you guys are gonna like it a lot. Um, 
you know, I guess, I don't even know, what, what, did we do, what did we even talk about? I guess you'll find out. You'll find out what we talked. We talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of things. Um, but it was very, very cool. So anyway, go check out. Ramin also hosts uh, a podcast called The Rainbow Brain Skull Hour. Uh, so go check that out. All the, of course, all the stuff that you need uh, is going to be in the, um, you know, in that place where they, where I have the links to stuff. What do you call that again? You know, the, the play, you know, the place I'm talking about where you're like, you're listening, whatever, wherever you're listening to the podcast. I think Apple podcast has it in the best format. Those links all there. So you can go RameenNazer.com um, and check out his art, his books, his, his gear. He's got shirts. He's got, you know, he's got lunch boxes. He's got flamethrowers. He's got Spaceballs, the movie, Spaceballs, the, all right, the video game. The kids love this one, the flamethrower. Um, so yeah, go check it out. And he's, he also makes music too. Shit, how did I forget that? He's a music maker. He's a maker of music. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and he, said he, has, uh, he has albums out, comedy albums. Uh, so yeah, the guy is just like, I mean, tremendously prolific, uh, just really talented, creative. And um, like I said, the Rainbow Brain Skull Hour is his uh, podcast about creativity, motivation, and death. And I like, I like how he, he you know, that, that's, that's something that I, I left out about his art. There's a lot of uh, death and, like, non-existence, this, this, this idea of, like, duality and, and, and unity. So, like, if I'm looking at some of his stuff, it's like, it'll say, like, it's not happening it's not happening as fast as you like, but it is happening. And it's like contrasted between this black and white world and a colorful world. Um, there's just, there's so many cool, so many cool things. I'm not doing it justice. I'm not, I'm not doing it justice. So you just have to go and check it out. RameenNazer.com. Uh, please go and check it out because the guy is really talented. And I think if you like the show, you'll definitely like Ramin's stuff. Um, and then follow him on Instagram. That's where he posts a lot of his stuff. So uh, Ramin Nazer on Instagram. I'll have uh, that in the links as well. Um, oh yeah, another one I I really liked a lot was uh, he had uh, he had this big uh, drawing of like a brain, right? And it says like, "Have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in?" Okay, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna like do uh, other people's bits, uh, if you will. Just go and f- you know. Go and check his stuff out. I guarantee you're gonna like it. It's great. It's really great. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, really, I just really had a fun time on this one. Oh, you should know that the uh, the call dropped off a couple times, so I so we lost some some of that stuff. So instead of me like popping in and being like, oh, the call dropped off, like, okay, now we'll return to our regularly scheduled program or whatever. I just put in like some weird noises. So if you hear like weird noises going off, like or whatever, that means that the call dropped off. I think it only happened twice. So there'll be two times throughout the podcast where you hear like some music or noises. And that just means the call dropped off and then we're right back in the conversation. Um, and hopefully it connects. It makes sense. I think it does. I think it's fine. I think it's good. Um, there's that. And, uh, what else? What else? What else can I say? Oh yeah. We were like throwing around a lot of impressions and back and forth. So I don't know sometimes with the remote 
calls because this was a remote one that it'll kind of be a little choppy. But uh, I hope you like it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you. Uh, I hope you're entertained. How would you know if you're? How would you know if you would never? How would you know to be entertained if you were never not entertained? <laughs> I used to do a, a way better Alan Watts. All right, I'm gonna leave it at that. Ramin does some good McKenna's and 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 the like. So yeah, we had it. This is a fun one. We had a we had a good time, and I hope you, I hope that comes through. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Um, yeah, like I said, I could talk to this guy for infinity. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe next time we record, we'll just do an infinity podcast. It'll just never end. Uh, and we'll just like, I'll just keep it on record and I'm like, but we're, you know, like we're not gonna be talking the whole time. I'll just, sometimes it'll be like, I'm going to the grocery store. Sometimes I'll be sleeping, but it'll just be like the never ending podcast, the never ending story. How do you know when the story ends? If you don't know when it begins. Um, okay. That's it. Okay. If you love the show, you know what to do. You know, you know what to do when you love things. But in case you don't know what to do, the best way to help is go leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps a lot. Like, share, subscribe, tell people about it, and um, go to mikebrank.com, B-R-A-N-C. And I have a Patreon link over there. I have a PayPal one-time donation thing going on. Or if you just want to go direct to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Mike Brank, or you could just search Mike Adelic. Every little bit helps. I'm a little tiny, itty bitty, independent, you know, little podcaster guy. And, uh, I need, uh, sustenance, need some, some fuel to keep this ship moving. So if you can, cool. If you can't, fine. If you don't want to, that's cool. Hey, if you, if you hate me, if you hate the show, if you don't like me, if you are sick of this shit, if you're like, you know, what are you doing? Send me a private message. Send me an email. I'm not going to get offended. I want to know. I, I like encourage all feedback, really. I mean, seriously, it's enough with all the, the positive feedback, guys. Give me some criticism here. I need it. I need it to grow, man. Um, but if you do that, send, just send me an email, mikeadelicpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Um, and if you love the show, if you're just like raving about it, you can't get enough, just go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to go on there and see five stars, things that people have to say. Really, I, I just uh, I love it, and it helps get the guests that I want to have on the show, which is, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You guys know all this stuff. All right, let's get into the conversation with um, awesome, talented, funny, multi-talented Renaissance man, uh, Ramin. Naser. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. 
I, I follow you on Instagram. I love your art, your work. Thank you. I listened to a couple of your uh, podcast episodes. I listened to um, the one with Cass, Sean and Cass. Oh, that was a very out there one. Yeah. And then you were, you were like, oh, go listen to the other one. So I did. And yeah. You were like, who's, who's going to do that? I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. <laughs> For that you, was man. better. I felt like we were. I felt like that episode sucked with them. I mean, relatively, it's good because it's them. But I felt like uh, we were just so tired. We had recorded two hours with them and then hung out regular style and then recorded mine. And I just felt like gone. I was faking it the whole time. But maybe it's okay. Who knows? Yeah, I kind of felt like that too. I did one like that recently um, where I recorded a podcast and then I did another one with someone. It was like back to back. I'm like, oh man, like I've, I feel kind of worn out after that, you know, like two hours and then an hour and a half. I'm like, whew, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah. And I, I, th- I guess I picked that one because I had Noah Lampert on the show recently and he was, let me guess, he, he talked about the imagination. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he mentioned Sean and Kat. It's like Sean and Cass, who I love. You know, so I would love yeah. for Noah. Uh, I mean, I think I joke around with him with this, but I would love for him just for one episode to pretend like there's no imagination and just talk about uh, <laughs> I don't know, like like sailboats or something. Yeah, I want to. I want to he hear help like a, it. I want to hear like a dark, like all like all hope is lost because all his <laughs> you listen to his episodes, he's like, it's all good, it's all fun, everyone's having a good time, everything's working out, guys, we're all good. I'm like, all yeah. right, cool. I mean, if you yeah, say just, so, I'm like, you don't believe me, just try it try it out yeah i and have it's funny. actually it's, tried some of his stuff yeah what the neville goddard stuff yeah Was yeah it's, it's good if you don't my thing with all of that is it's good until it's not and it depends on your brain type i guess like sometimes i'll go through a phase where just mckenna is where it's at like i can listen to non-stop mckenna that gets it going uh ramdas it gets it going alan watts gets it going like all these different people but after a little while it's just like yeah it's just not working like i don't know it's like you've integrated it and your brain wants more i don't know what that thing is maybe it's growth evolution habituation I, I that kind of you. Thing. yeah 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 definitely i i feel like I've, i'm on the same page with that and like just thinking of watts like what he would say and be like something like well you have to you have to not listen in order to listen to know it's good you know, uh-huh. <laughs> you, have to, you have to take time off from listening to know how do you know it's a good listen if you don't know it's a bad listen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, that's 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 how I feel, too. Like, but that's that's interesting. You said it's good until it's not or it's working until it's not. Is that what you said? Yeah, that sounds like a, that sounds like a new um, drawing. Oh, yeah, it could be. Maybe it's the title of this episode. Who Ooh. knows? Like the title yeah. of the episodes have been very much. um like you can tell, like, uh, I mean, like Michael Phillips, why it's more important to, now than ever to be your own guru. Sophia Rockland, ayahuasca, Noah, Noah, uh, Noah is the imagination, Neville Goddard, um, uh, yeah. Jess, Jessa Reed, 5D Ascension. Like we, we all kind of have our little, our thing, uh, our little, our little pitch. I don't know what mine is. I, I like to not have one, but sometimes you can't help. Yeah. But, what, do you, what do you think but have is? one? But I don't really... I never wanted to be one of those people that has the thing and you have to like, this is what I'm about. And, uh, you know, right. Yeah. I guess that's not good too far, but I don't know. I just lost momentum there. Maybe that's not part of the episode or it is. Maybe it starts off slow. (laughs) One of those slow ones that loses people, but the ones that stay, Ooh, they'll like it. Uh, yeah, you never know how it's gonna unfold yeah yeah 
So you're a um, um, yeah. go ahead. No, no, yeah, you you go ahead. Yeah. Oh, you're you're a comedian. Do you still do comedy? Uh, I don't. I mean, thanks for calling me that. I guess I kind of. I guess. Oh, I you never... took it as a compliment. Oh, I figured it's different nowadays. Everything past like 2017, I don't think it's good to be a comedian. I think everybody is a comedian. And I've had this thought of, I'll never make this happen, but just the idea of some kind of show or movie where like much like now, everyone is a comedian. And then so there's a few people that aren't. And then at weddings, it's like weird for the non-comedians. Like everyone's asking them, like, what's that like? Like, what do you do at at night? Like, what do you do to not like the same questions comedians always get? It's like opposite, but at the wedding, that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell me something serious. Yeah. You know, tell, <laughs> tell me, tell me a non observation. Do you ever, so you just like look at things and you just accept them as they are. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Yeah. Well, I used to do comedy. I mean, I started off, I, I lived in New York city and I was doing stand up. I kind of started late, I guess. Like I started when I was 27 and, um, uh, I did it for a little while. I had a lot of fun, like made a lot of good friends. Um, and it was awesome. I mean, it was awesome until it wasn't until uh, it wasn't. you got sick like of you it. Just said, I don't know, man. Like I, yeah, I, like it was, I was in like a real good position too, you know, like, um, I was doing club spots and I was like hanging out with a lot of people that are like doing, I mean, the, you know, big things now and stuff. And, uh, and, and at the time too, you know, um, but I just, I don't know. I just, I got to a point where I kind of felt like kind of numb. I was getting really, like you mentioned, like, uh, Ramdas, McKenna Watts, like I would go home and I would listen to hours and hours. I'd put on like the psychedelic salon. I'd listen to YouTube videos, go down rabbit holes, experimenting with psychedelics. And I couldn't, my 15 minute set that I was working at the time was like dicks, tits, farts. Like, I don't know. I couldn't get the stuff that I was really super interested in into my act. And because I couldn't do that, like I just decided to buy a one-way ticket to Bangkok and go to go backpacking <laughs> through Asia for four yeah. months. Yeah. And that stuff is probably wouldn't be good e either way. Like, I don't think anybody has really cracked it. Like there's people that are okay, but there's not like really good um, you know, spiritual for lack of a better word, stand up. Like you can be funny. Like McKenna was funny, Ramdas was funny, Watts was were funny, but they're not, you know, playing the two drink minimum clubs, trying to integrate like the present moment. And when I've seen that, which there's a lot of it now, it's just not that it's not as good as the dicks and tits and pussies and uh stuff. Like, not that it always has to be raunchy, but you know what I mean? It's um they, they don't belong together. So much yeah. of stand up is like the the it's a low vibration and low doesn't mean bad. It's like, you know, you need bass in the mix. You need treble like low vibration is deep, like not uh, not high vibration. And sometimes people fall into the toxic positivity trap of needing high vibration all the time. But sometimes it's good to have low vibration like those people you mentioned, uh, uh, like Lorenzo Haggerty, the psychedelic salon. I love those podcasts, but I also love. Uh, you know, Tim Dillon show and come town. Oh my God. Yeah. There's Tim Legion Dillon, of Skanks yeah. and those are low vibrations. Right. It's not yeah. good. Those are my it's buddies. Problematic. Yeah. yeah. I like those <laughs> things. I like both of them. And you got to mix the sweet and the salty, at least for my uh, personal taste. Some people are fine without it, but I don't know. Sometimes people, there's a lot of pressure to be very moral and good. And uh, I think people are avoiding stuff that they might need, like that, the dark humor when really it's, uh, it, it, you could you could uh, benefit from some balance, I think.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, and you and you did you don't do stand up anymore? You still do, or you did I it do. for a while? Yeah. I do sets, but very rarely. And it's like I'm letting go of it more and more with time goes on. Like it's it was never a day where I'm like I I quit. I still uh, I still go to commercial auditions and uh, you know auditions for pilots, things like that. Occasionally, I'll do a spot at the improv or the comedy store or random spot here and there, but definitely not enough to even maintain it. I feel like you have to be going up a lot and developing that hour. And uh, I have one album that's on uh, all the streaming things, but I don't really feel a drive to make another one right now. Like it's just not, and you have to really want it to do, to do well. Like even if you really want it, you're, you're then a maybe like this isn't a thing you should you should half-ass and kind of do. So in that sense, I'm like, no, I'm not expecting to really grow as a stand-up. There's only 24 hours in the day and I'm focusing that energy in in different areas. But who knows? Maybe it'll, it'll change. It'll always... Uh, I, I never know what I'm going to be like in five years. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I mean, I, and I feel like you, you're, you're like in a particular groove right now too. I mean, you probably, you draw every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's filling you up right now. Yeah. Um, and some, uh, let's see, there's the podcast, the drawing, the, the running the business aspect of it, like making sure the orders get fulfilled, that kind of thing. The doing nothing, the playing around in VR. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a, yeah, there's not, uh, not enough time to, to, to go out and, and do that stuff. And, um, no, no. And that was, that was the conclusion of that statement. No, I see. I mean, it's a great point. I mean, because I like, I think what you said is a hundred percent true. Like when I was in New York, I mean, the guys that I would see, I mean, like Tim, you know, uh, Tim, Mark Normand, um, just had know, Mark some... on. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, awesome. or the episode's not out yet, but he's the next episode in queue. But that's the guy that's doing it. All right. He's like, he's up, yeah. yeah. He's up every night and, uh, insane. Never seen mm-hmm. anyone work as hard. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And he cares about jokes. He's like, I don't care if your dad fucked you and your dog has AIDS and your blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I want to hear your jokes. And he's all about the 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 jokes, which is why uh, Seinfeld has taken a liking to him because he's so like just, you know, good jokes doing doing sets that he's not about. Well, he does have somewhat of a social media presence, but it's more out of obligation because nowadays if you don't you, you really can't survive. And the right. people that say you don't are the old school people that have that base already. The people that when they started a tr- Twitter account, they already had 100K followers or a million followers or something. But good luck just trying to be a regular human off the, the social media grid, trying, <sighs> trying to have a show business career, I guess, because so much of our time is spent in that digital space. Man, it's so scary because I I recently just deleted my Instagram and Facebook off my phone. Actually, this is the third time I've done it in the past month because um I I feel that it I have no control. I feel that I get sucked in and I I just I can't control myself. So I'm like I need to at, at least eradicate this for a little bit. But then I'm like, great, I'm not posting. Like I'm missing out all this stuff that you're mentioning. Right? It's sort of this necessary component how do you how do you practice with that i mean like in a mindful way do you feel like you get sucked in and yeah you know? i can but luckily i don't have that bug like you know the very addictive bug where you just can't quit i'm pretty good at catching myself and 
even then I, I get bored of stuff like alcohol, you know, you get bored of it. Uh, the social media thing, I, I realize that I'm scrolling, I get bored of it. And I think a while back, I and I was never one to really do that, never just posting selfies or a picture of a funny sign you saw, or here's a picture of me at my last show, like worthless content that you're not really providing value to people. And I've always been a, a doodler and, you know, artist type. I've always loved the art. So eventually it did click that like, oh, I should just use this as the art gallery. Like that's all this is going to be. I'm not going to really post mundane stuff. I'm going to post stuff that I'm going to post. I'm going to I'm going to post stuff. This, uh, this my Jordan Peterson. I'm going to post uh, <laughs> some, some uh, stuff that. that Wait, can would, I try Can I try a Jordan Peterson? Of course. Yeah. Let's do all of them. Let's, let's make, do it. Because I, I think I'm going to. Yeah, like you gotta, you know, you gotta post in, enticing stuff, man. It's bloody, <laughs> it's bloody difficult, you know, out there. Hard. It's, it's tough. You got lobsters that are clawing at your feet. Damn it! <laughs> oh, not bad. Yeah, that's like a. I, I go too high with it. You're a little low with it. I think the mix of both of us would be exactly right. Yeah, poor guy. Good. Like he's going through some shit right now, and then you know he's got this whole half the world that hates him for whatever reason because he's the boogeyman. But I was imagining like this is very mean, but I think he'd like it because it's dark humor. But just <laughs> the just the thought of the doctor coming on and saying, "Mr. Peterson, your wife's cancer is inoperable." <laughs> you really hit that uh inoperable yeah, yeah. no oh i think God. i think he has a lot of good stuff to say and i know that you know taking taking as with anything taking all of it too far is not a good idea yes personal responsibility that's great some people need to hear that and uh, a lot of that resonates with me, but of course the answer is not just personal responsibility and let the big corporations and government do whatever they want. Of course not. But that's where, I mean, that's where that's the line at which people attack him is that it's not just about personal responsibility, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't, yeah. I mean, this goes back to like as people having their things, right? So I guess like that's his thing. It can't just be about that. I'm sure he probably knows that too. You can't communicate all the things all the time. No, nope, you know you can't. People are going to be so critical. Yeah, he's right about that, but he doesn't mention all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, man, like it's infinite. Like, how are we gonna? How am I gonna yeah, communicate to, everything? To some people, he's just the carnivore diet guy because that's right. worked for him. So now it's it's really just whatever headline caught whatever people at that moment and. I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. Like we have to have some people to hate because otherwise we'd be just be blissed out all the time, I guess, and be floating above the clouds and wouldn't be talking to anyone. But um, yeah, yeah. What was yeah. that? Why did I sidetrack onto Peterson? The uh, oh yeah, uh, or no, I think I, I don't know. But I love uh, any impression that you feel called to do. Just spark it up because I sure. love impression. My yeah. friend Cameron Fielder was uh, we, we, he had this uh, thought that. We, we've started Rick rolling people, but Mick rolling and like McKenna rolling where you just say a long story and then you go, and that's where these psychedelics come into play. <laughs> well, I've thought a lot about this. And well, basically, here's the rap. Yeah. History is the shockwave of eschatology. <laughs> it dissolves boundaries. And I believe that the introduction song of your podcast has that same quote that boundaries are about to be dissolved and we've already seen in 2020 the dissolution of gender death and time the past <laughs> is now 
people are watching me now, even though I died from a a tumor in the shape of a psilocybin mushroom. Well, that <laughs> but to this other point, yeah, and you just keep yeah. going. Like whenever and you don't now know, I've resurrected. I've resurrected <laughs> with five dried grams in silent darkness. <laughs> in silent darkness. Uh, I got yeah, real like, into that for a while. Like he was like my. I guess it was my group. My my that was my method. I was doing what, that. Five silent grams, five yeah. grams and silent darkness. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a heroic dose, as he would mm. say. Yeah, very heroic. Yes, uh, even yeah, two and a half would would be a lot. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, he was like my doctor. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. So much of what he said is. I mean, he's still ahead of his time, but also so much of what has he said is coming to pass now and. Uh, back to my friend Cameron, he had brought up that uh, the 2012, his theory is that 2012 was when um, the smartphone, which McKenna called the ultimate tool, he didn't know it was going to be the smartphone, but you remember that McKenna uh, quote about, well, when is the ultimate tool? The ultimate tool can do anything. If you mm. need to go somewhere, you sit on it and it takes you there. If you're hungry, you eat it. If you're pop and like all that, and like you're looking at this little rectangle in your hand, you're like, oh yeah, Grubhub, Boastmates, Uber, Lyft, Tinder, Grinder, all all this stuff. Like it's the ultimate tool based on how we use our our appendages to interact with this ultimate tool. Like the world changes around us, and 2012 is when it went from like kind of a nerd thing to or no, not nerd thing. Uh, the amount of regular people surpassed the ratio of early adopters, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so basically that's when it hits scale. The smartphone mm -hmm. hits scale at 2012 and we've been living there ever since. And I think this next decade is, so the last decade was about smartphone and social media. This decade, I think I could be wrong, but I think it'll be more about AR and deep learning. That's the next crazy, uh, um, exponential what, what wave of deep, change what is deep learning oh man i don't know i mean i guess it's I, like ai is that ai yeah well it's basically so instead of software that just does one thing over and over again it's software that learns and we don't even know at the deepest level what it's doing uh i don't know if you've listened to the future fossils with uh michael garfield that episode with kevin kelly who mm, talks no, about our well well, here's the ramp. The, <laughs> the um, our relationship with technology now is uh, it used to be like a, a thing we understood, like a gear you turn, you see the gear turn, you know what, everything that's happening in the car. Now we're so disconnected from it. Our relationship to technology is like our relationship to plants. Like we can water it, we see the tomato plant grow. We pick the tomato, we use it, but we don't know what it's doing to make the thing. That part is a, a mystery. We just know how to cultivate it. And that's our relationship to deep learning now. Like try to repair your Tesla. Like you're not going to get to open up the hood and, and do that stuff with it. Or even people that use these deep learning libraries, they're not sure what it's doing. They know how to apply it, but they don't know every step of the way. Same with... Um, like the hardware, like no one human being can manufacture a computer mouse. Like you need a team of 10 different people of different expertise to 
to wrap your head around it. So I don't know. It's an interesting time. We're like going back to kind of this archaic revival. I guess this will be an <laughs> yeah. all McKenna episode, even though <laughs> we said we do more people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, totally. Um, it's, it's interesting. So I guess we're right at the, um, f- you know, the beginning stages of that. And you mentioned yeah. AR. AR is augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Then there's also virtual reality. And then you have the two combined, which is like MR, mixed reality. You said you were playing in the virtual space. I, I My roommate got a uh, Oculus. Uh, Oculus brought, Quest? Brought home, yeah, Oculus Quest. And have I, you tried the hand tracking yet? Uh, no, I don't it's know. Like, I, I have the re- little remote things that okay. go around. But yeah. So they, they just released an update where you don't need the controls anymore. If you put the controls down... It's got cameras that map where your hand is, and it's pretty good right now. Like it's very trippy. Like it, it has that feeling of when you look at your hands on a on a high dose of uh, mushrooms, <laughs> where uh, like you're just kind of staring at it, and it glows. And to to click, you do this, and to like scroll, you do that. And if you want to go oh, home, wow. you hold your palm out, and your palm starts to glow, and then you push your thumb in the middle of it, and that's really cool because I don't know, it, it's so much more immersive where you get to use your appendages and this, this laptop and smartphone business kind of sucks. Like we're hunched over, we're like using our thumbs, we're living from the neck up. Like it's, it's going to be nice to move into this world where we get to use our whole body. And it's not even a different world. Like it's not like we're moving into a new internet the same way that you know, when people miss the old internet, that old internet is still there. Like everything that we posted in 2000, right. is still there. Like you can go visit it. So yeah, it's all my old MySpace there. page, yeah. Yeah, or actually, <laughs> aren't those kind of messed up because they got bought by Yahoo and they deleted it? Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, but. that part's unfortunate. But you can see it in the Wayback Machine. You ever use that? No, I never have, no. You can go visit what a site used to look like in 97. Whoa, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we could uh, maybe we could podcast in VR then. Oh, we, we already just... are. I think Duncan Trussell's doing that sometimes. Is he? And yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm talking to a gingerbread man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's 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 pretty crazy, man. Because it just it like I don't know. There's these. Um, where do I want to go with this? I guess virtual reality, AR. Um, yeah, well, I'll just say that's really cool. I'm gonna check out that update because now I have an excuse to go to go check it out. And I guess this goes back to what we what you said earlier about it's good until it's not anymore, mm-hmm. or it's you know it's useful until it's not anymore. And so I guess I have more I have more addictive tendencies. So when when I first saw the Oculus Quest, that's all I wanted to do. I'm like a kid, like I'm just like I'm in the Oculus every day. I woke up in the morning, it's like Christmas morning. I run down, I'm like mm-hmm. Oculus Questing. Played every demo game. I was playing Beat Saber, getting the high scores, all this stuff. And then finally, it got to a point where I was like, I got okay. I, this is like consuming my life. I'm not doing anything else. I got to put this away. Um, but now I'm going to go back and, and into it, but that also, <laughs> be, it also, yeah, but it also begs the question. I mean, you know, there's some personal responsibility on my part. Like I got to take hold of, and it begs the question, like where people go, Oh, like we're going to just live in this like virtual space. Everyone's just going to be hooked into machines. No one's going to do anything. People are just going to have sex with virtual robots and all this stuff. Bring is it. that good? Is it? Yeah. Is yeah. it good? Is it not good? Is that the future? Is that not the future? I think it's uh, it, it's going to be good, but as with anything, it comes with its own problems. And I, I feel like it's always a trade-off 
like I was thinking about Blockbuster recently and how we were so happy to, you know, watch them go out of business at the time. Like, haha, so long late fees. That's what you get. That's what you get for not listening to Netflix and listening to our convenience. And now it's been a little bit of time and now we're kind of nostalgic. Like, remember when we got to go to that glowing building and we got to have the ritual of picking up that rectangle holding it in our hand looking at the back of it and choosing that we would watch this movie and good or bad like we're taking it home and that's what we're doing we're getting those uh you know sour patch kids and now that's gone and this is not going to end like uh we're gonna one day long for remember when we used to scroll through the selected movies instead of just the ai building it based on our taste and like uh, you know, changing our brain chemistry, like in the moment, like I want to feel drunk right now. And then I'm drunk. And then Oh, I don't want to feel drunk anymore. Okay, I sobered up. Oh, I want to be tripping right now. Okay, I'm tripping. Oh, I want to trip more. Okay, I'm not tripping at all. <laughs> oh, I want to like, like that level of control could become yeah. its own prison. And you start to see like, you know, the whole theory, which I don't even think it's a theory. I think it's pretty much fact that we are these gods that have, uh, split off into individuated units of consciousness in order to experience limitation because uh, the one thing that uh, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent beings don't have is limitation. So we're, uh, we're wanting to experience limitation, but we're on our way back now to merging with the whole as we see with social media stories, we're looking at the POV of everybody. Like the second I'm in China, now I'm in New York City, I'm walking up to here, I'm like, I'm so many different places at once. And then we're going to put that on our heads, it's going to be in contacts, it's going to just be neural linked, like based on our brave brainwave, they'll just be able to forget hardware, they'll just based on your brainwave signature, like tap into what you're your account is no more passwords, just by being you, you can tune into your account. And um, yeah. I mean, it, it is exciting, but then it becomes like, uh, you know, uh, you're the you're the warden and the prisoner, I guess. I mean, fuck, man, you're, you're like, you're, you're right. I think you're totally right. Like we're, we're going, we're heading. To, is this what the singularity is? Yeah. Like, is that the merging is so we're on the, we're on the way back to, to oneness. Cause uh -huh. I mean, I, I, like I've had so many experiences where this has just been confirmed, you know, I mean, great people have said it, right. I mean, it's not like, but I am inclined to fully believe it. I feel it when you say it, I feel it. I believe it. This is the great game. This is the great game of experience and sensation duality and all of the things that you can experience when you're just this one formless kind of like bright shining star entity just you know and then yeah. you come in you incarnate into this realm for a fucking reason because games with games are fun because they have limitations they have borders they have boundaries and now all that stuff is dissolving like literally everybody is just like peering in on everybody else's world we see everybody all over people are like oh they're spying on us, you know, the NSA, everyone's listening, you know, you, everyone can get your information, your dad. It's like, yeah, who fucking cares? Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I do care, but it's like, we're all just looking at ourselves, like naked showering, like, oh, don't, don't look at me. It's like, <laughs> we're all, we, we're seeing it all. It's gonna, it's all happening. So well, that's where we're going, man. That's what we're, yeah. we're going back. We're going back and to the source. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, and then there's the people like that are like, we're already there. That's where we've scary. already been though, this whole time. Oh, yeah, it's totally scary. And uh, some people think the singularity means the end, but there is no such thing as the end. Going back to the Alan Watts thing, like awareness cannot be aware of not being awareness. There's always awareness. It's just different. Uh, you know, the outside is what's going to be different. 
And how could you be aware if you weren't unaware? <laughs> yeah, he got it. That's why he was boozed up all the time. And he did it. Uh, what? Yeah, that's a great point, man. Why was he boozed up? Like, I, I, I made that point to someone recently. I was like, look, it's fucking, it's crazy. Like him, Cho Young Trumpa, Rumpache, another one. Um, a lot of these great teachers who kind of like get it. I just feel like it's so hard to hold all that, right? Like, I don't know. What's your take on that? Um, like, like why was he I think boozed up? Because he liked it, and uh, it got him going. And he probably r- realized that everything was a trade off. I mean, who knows? He could have just had the addict thing. But looking at it now, he would have been dead anyway, even if he had been vegan and ran eight miles every day and. Uh, done all that. And uh, I mean, I guess maybe he did meditate, but you know what I mean? If he was a hundred percent clean, he'd still be dead and we'd just be looking back at him. And it's not like you or I look down on him for being a boozer. Maybe if we were sitting next to him right now, then maybe he'd get annoying after a minute if he's not listening to us and he smells bad and he's throwing up and bumping into furniture and stuff. But uh, like in retrospect, it's like, no, that's great that he did that. But I'm a, I'm a fan of people that do it the other way too. Like I loved that. I always bring up Frank Zappa. I love that he wasn't, he didn't like any drugs. He just liked cigarettes and coffee and uh, he got plenty strange without it. There's this other guy I like a lot, um, Archon Nair, who I talked to recently. Mm. The episode's not up yet. You know him? The I've uh, heard of artist. him. Yeah. Yeah, so he's never done psychedelics before, but his art is so psychedelic. And recently he had a an experience where he saw Maharaji from, you know, Ramdas. He saw Neem Karoli Baba in a vision and he became part of the whole field of oneness. And he didn't even know who Neem Karoli Baba was. He had to like go like look like later he saw it and then he put it together through the Ramdas thing. So he had he had Maharaji wow. come to him in a in a like experience before reading about him knowing about him and of course the reductionists would say that like oh it slipped in subconsciously blah 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 whatever let's not it's both that's kind of the beauty of it too isn't it that um none of the supernatural stuff can ever be proven in in 3d like you can always have the other side to argue that oh it was just your imagination it was just uh, this you you can't prove extra dimensional reality in a lower dimensional reality. It just like if you were trying to convince a two dimensional being of the three dimensional world, and you try to draw a cube, it's not going to see a cube. It's going to see two squares and some lines connecting it. It'll look like a weird cube, but it it can't experience it unless it experiences it. Does that make sense? Sure, it mm. does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it does. Yeah, because yeah, it's it's. Well, I mean, yeah, I forgot who I was talking to about this some recently. Like, it's you, you. It's hard to communicate something to somebody who doesn't have the capacity to understand, like the tonal language that you're even speaking. Like, it, forget about the words. Like, they don't even they don't even know what like noises you're making. You know, and, and so, I mean, that's why I always like, you know, I mean, obviously McKenna is like, you know, and has to be the felt presence of direct experience, you know, like Mm -hmm. that is, that's the ticket. So it's like, some people are going to go for that and some people aren't going to go for that, but that's, and then that kind of, that shapes your whole worldview. I don't know, man. Like I'm a big, I'm a big believer in like, whatever you're, whatever you're set on believing, you're going to see that happen in the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen this in your art too, like manifesting is easy and it's, and it's not, you know, or like, 
that kind of like contrast between things is is that where it comes from for for you too like this oh, idea for sure yeah like that's why i mean i love conspiracies but ultimately i don't um i don't ever believe any or disbelieve any of them because i i recognized at some point that it's never ending um like kind of what uh, tim dillon said where uh people think it's going to be this series with a finale but it's not it's a soap opera it just goes on forever and ever until you grow out of it and some characters die and new ones are introduced but it's a never-ending soap opera but with with conspiracy aliens anything like that like i always or not always thought but eventually it occurred to me that if i if i if I'm set on proving they don't exist, I will eventually end up there. And if I'm set on proving they do exist, I will also end up there. And ultimately, I was just me experiencing all this. And I'm only aware of this moment, then this one, then this one. And uh, so I'll, I'll never actually have anything. And I'll just kind of be convincing myself of, of one concrete reality, which all the realities are, not just the one that I go down the path of. So that's a uh, conspiracy in and of itself. Is that whenever mm-hmm. you choose to walk, whatever you kind of focus your attention on and choose to kind of be interested in and start to accept and believe, then things sort of conspire to make that, uh, you know, jello mold harden a little bit more, you know? Yeah. And it's it's so tough to talk about because people always think you're talking about the secret, which the secret is is true. And Abraham Hicks law of attraction is true. And it's also not. It's like it's so tough to tell how you're because thoughts do control reality because otherwise how would your body work like thoughts are making this uh like when you're holding out your hand and you're deciding when to make a fist with it like that spark is what does it you have that free will to make it uh transpire and is that the right word in that uh moment and Mm -hmm. uh but but we don't really we're so clouded with you know, being in this incarnation, we have a set number of neurons that move at a set delta T and uh, like all this other stuff going on. So we don't really uh, know why that Ferrari isn't appearing in your driveway when you try to manifest it. I don't know why I use that example. That's the shittiest example ever. I think that's what they use in the in the, in the the movie or whatever, but yeah. Which movie? Um, the Secret? I haven't seen The yeah. Secret. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw it, I guess, a while ago. It's... Uh... Don't tell anyone it's a secret. Okay. I still haven't even read The Secret. I've I've read uh I've read Abraham Hicks and I've watched the lectures. I really do like them. I think they're they're very entertaining and they like with McKenna and Ramdas, blah blah blah. They they do hit that spot because they're I don't know, they they articulate it in a way that you hadn't heard before and it does kind of confirm stuff you've already known deep down inside so and there's no mm. end to that either like i mean you and i are doing that now hopefully in in some way maybe not in this episode but other episodes like you've probably said stuff or had a guest that said stuff that unlocked something in a listener that they never knew before and that's why you get the five-star reviews sometimes they say silly name but uh, <laughs> show. i listened to the last episode that's how i know that uh which i don't think you should change the name i think it's a perfect name it's got nice, psychedelic man. in it your mic like what what else would you call it like i know uh, dude i i tried like so many times like i was like what about it if it's like the expanding field of the consciousness infinite galactic journey like, it's too pretend you know so yeah mycadelic's fine i'll keep it with that but yeah thanks i appreciate that too um you froze and uh oh are you just, are, are you still there you just froze can you still hear me 
Oh boy. Frozen. I hear you. Good network. What was that? What was he like when you talked Eve. about changing your name? Okay, oh, cool. Are you back? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm back. That was a sign from the universe to not change my name. Um, I'm back. And it's, yeah, it's memorable. So, like, there's so many podcasts. Yeah, you said, done where I don't remember what they what they were called. This one's memorable. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I'm always self conscious about creation, you know, and like I feel like even you know people will be like, oh yeah, I listened to your latest podcast. I thought it was really good. And I'm like, really? I kind of thought I kind of sucked on that one, you know? Like, I just feel like I'm never really, not never, but like oftentimes I feel like I'm not fully satisfied with the final product. But oh, then again, it's like, it's never a final product. That's why I keep doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. like that, that Mark Norman episode I haven't put out yet, but even that one, like I know I had a good time during it. And now like before I'm about to upload it, I'm like, how many times did we say chink and gook on that? And that episode, should I, like, is, am I supposed to be worried about this? And then uh, I realized like, like him and Joe List say like too small to cancel. So that's the thing. Oh or yeah, Joe, Joe List got a, we had a real tiny mouth, that Joe List. <laughs> yeah, so opening for Louie this weekend with uh, with uh, Sarah and uh, yeah, we got the after <laughs> reflux. I hate myself. I'm gay. I have AIDS. I don't know. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's hilarious, man. He's another he's another uh, funny guy. He's like that all the time. I I feel like that's just like his personality. Yeah. Um, Can I ask you, you about? You said, um, or go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. You ask me. I okay. Like it's a, it's. It's irrelevant, but I was reading your bio, which I need to also help you with some typos. There's like eight typos at, at critical moments there. Oh, where, shit. Yeah, it's like, uh, if you need consulting advice, I am available for blah, blah. Oh, so no. There's some of those that, <laughs> and it's being immortalized here on this episode, unless you edit this out. But I was like, is that intentional? And then I saw some more. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not intentional. So oh, man. I'll send you those typos. I'm sure you'll catch them if you just read the paragraph again. But who goes and reads their about section? You probably wrote that in 2017 and never looked back. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you got to change it. Yeah. All oh, right. But, Thanks. Uh, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah. So the first the first line of your bio is you used to be a co-host for a libertarian podcast mm -hmm. on like on Fox News. And I was going to ask you about that if you still identify as libertarian and it's it's got so much stigma attached it might just be where i live but so many people like they speak of libertarians worse than they do of conservatives because they're like it's almost as though like conservatives they're like oh they're just dumb but libertarians they're intelligent and they're wrong libertarianism is wrong but i never i never saw it as as wrong i'm always afraid to even uh speak out about anything being right or wrong but uh, i was going to ask you if you're still um were, were you identified as libertarian and are you? Yeah, I mean, I used to be. So so I was doing a, a podcast with comedian Dave Smith, uh, who is part of the Legion of Skanks. And we did his show, Part of the Problem. I was a co-host for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I left it. I, I, I left, I think, shortly after Trump won in 2016. I was just so sick of politics and and just sick of the libertarian. Like every every camp 
you get sucked into this like bubble, you know, and like, I, and I don't yeah. know, you know, I just, I don't want to be defined by one identity or one thing and not even just that, but like all of a sudden now, you, you know, you're getting, inv- I'm getting invited to do like libertarian things and liberty, oh, speak at this thing and talk about liberty and this stuff. And it's just like, it's a, it's kind of like its own prison and it's, it's its own world and a lot of like people just doing their own things and just like just like anything. I mean, even like the psychedelic community or what, what, whatever that is, you know, whatever that mm. even is. I just don't I don't like to be um, labeled and like pigeonholed to like one way of thinking. I mean, libertarianism. I mean, the, the basic principle, the basic core principle is basically like, don't hurt people and don't steal their stuff. I mean, like, you know, don't, don't initiate violence on peaceful people, that kind of thing. I mean, that's, I get down with that, but like, in terms of like the philosophy, but in terms of like the people that inhabit the space and they're kind of like rigid, logical, you know, forceful, aggressive, kind of you're right, mm-hmm. I'm wrong, smack them down, show them who's boss. Like I can't, I can't handle that shit. Like I want to yeah. explore a free space, like a free, um, you know, canvas to paint in all different worlds and take a little bit from here and take a little bit from there. You know, I felt very like, like bogged down and um, yeah, man, it's draining. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, I, fi- I figured that was the the case because it was like a, a while back, and I, I felt like the two would conflict. If you have a podcast called Mycadelic, which is about you know encompassing everything, and then it's like, but here's the little camp I belong into, and uh, yeah, it does suck that the fans are the problem. Like you know whether it's the libertarian people or the the Bernie people, Bernie rules, but a lot of a lot of Bernie people very aggressive, very. Uh, you know, just kind of copying the thing Trump did, the Trump people. Yeah, when it just or Christians or Muslims or the the people that are, uh, you know, prescriptive with all their their belief of how everything should play out. Jews are good though. Jews don't get prescriptive. Jews don't want you to be. I love uh, Jews. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up. I mean, around it, Jews and, and my whole my my town. The most amount of Jews outside of Israel per square foot or something like that. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I went to like 75 bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, great people. And they don't want you to be a part of exactly. They They're like, just we're yeah. good. We're good. <laughs> I think know, that's don't old, need any uh, extra. It's a Doug Stanhope bit, I think. Like, yeah. Oh, it's the only it? oh Doug Stanhope's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only per- people that don't come knocking door to door. And it's the ones you want. Like, and it's a big process to be a part of the club. Whereas everyone else is like, come on, join our group. Do it now. Yeah, and I found like libertarians to be so hypocritical because they'd be like, "Look, well, all we're sa- we're not telling anyone what to do. We're just saying, you know, that everyone should have freedom to do whatever they want. Just don't tell me what to do, but we have the right solution." And it's like right yeah. there, like anybody that goes around preaching certainty, I'm very turned off by. Me very too. turned off by. Yeah, this is the way it is, and that's it. Yeah, and ultimately, none of us know what would happen. We don't really have a simulator that can plug in all the policies with all the different variables of all these different people and know what what's going to happen if you implemented socialism, if you o- implemented pure free market capitalism. Like, I mean, I guess that's good that we have that balance. But the problem of today's world is like if you then if you use that as your your flag, then you're a centrist and centrism is even worse because then you're not picking a side to fight on. But mm-hmm. um, ultimately, yeah. I think it's nothing to worry about. I think if you're just kind of, if you're yourself and your heart's in the right place, I feel like everyone can get away with anything. 
Yeah. That's what it's all about, getting away with stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just getting away with things, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I think it's just about being authentic and being, you know, in your true, how you feel and and communicating that. Like, I don't know, I feel like the, the days of like swindling and like mass marketing propaganda are kind of weaning. I mean, it still works mm-hmm. to some extent, but really a lot of people are just like, um, you know, disillusioned. Is that the right word? Or just kind of like, sure. I mean, shit, I was, I remember we're when beyond, I, we were disillusioned, we were disillusioned and that's like Gen X. We're beyond that. Like Gen X was about being disillusioned, the nineties grunge, uh, you know, fight club, like all that. Like now we're like two decades past that. Now we don't even know what the thing is. It's it's yeah. not even a thing I can, now. I, I can see Gen Xers getting like so like jaded about that. Be like, oh, you think you're more disillusioned than us? <laughs> <laughs> isn't like, it wonderful that, that? Yeah, isn't it wonderful that Gen X? It's because it's such a middle child and it's the most neglected generation. It's so fitting because you know it's all about millennials and uh, you know boomers. Okay, boomer and millennials are lazy and the avocado toast and the zoomers are all about technology and moving too fast and oh they're like psychotic. But Gen Xers like no one even talks about Gen Xers. They're just completely forgotten uh, middle children generation. I feel like there's a lot of like good Gen X. Yeah, Gen Xer thinkers like that are maybe a little under the radar, but like I've been paying attention to who I think are really hitting the nail on the head with uh, with a lot of things like Charles Eisenstein. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, you had him on, right? Yeah, I had him on. He's just, Which episode? I, or pretty recently? Uh, yeah, like maybe 10 episodes ago or something like that. Um, Chris Ryan, Christopher Ryan. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I was just reading Civilized to Death, actually. I like it. Yeah. And he's... um. He's a Gen Xer, right? So, and then there's oh, yeah. uh, Douglas Rushkoff. Are you familiar with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like even so- if I wasn't, like, he's just the name, like Douglas Rushkoff and Malcolm Gladwell, like yeah. and Charles Eisenstein. You just kind of know the names, and they Gladwell's carry a Gen Xer. With it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying the individuals though. I meant like as part of the over like zeitgeist, the conversation. Yeah. Like it's all about millennials and it's all about oh, boomers. Yeah. It's not totally. about Gen X at all. Yeah. Right. Right. No, but they're, yeah, they're like, they're like, um, they're emerging though in, you know, but yeah, I, the overall zeitgeist. Yeah. It's like the middle child. It doesn't get attention. Yeah. I would love to hear a discussion with Jordan Peterson and, uh, and uh, Christopher Ryan, because they're both, um, you know, they're, they both like, uh, you know, what's the word, you know, they're, well, well thought out, well formed arguments, and I would, I would see like Peterson being very on the monogamy side, and then uh, Christopher Ryan on the the fuck all the time side because we're bonobos and we need to be unlocking these reward mechanisms and the thing, and society should be structured in this way. But I guess like what Christopher Ryan is proposing ideally would be a huge restructuring of of everything, like. Because isn't civilized to death, it's about how we kind of not entirely went the wrong way, but agriculture was kind of a a step in the wrong direction in terms of getting more disease and losing our happiness and and that kind of thing. I yeah, haven't read till I, the end, so I don't know what, what, how it concludes, but that that is the first part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And I've thought that I thought the same thing, actually. I remember when his book came out, 
um, like he's, he's a good friend actually. And so like, I, I hit him up and I left him a Jordan Peterson voicemail. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Hey Chris, it's Jordan. I just read your book and I just got to say, man, you got to clean your damn room. I mean, you're 50 years old <laughs> driving around in a van. Come on, man, get it together. What kind of life is this? You know, civilization's good. It's hard, but it's good. You know, <laughs> like, but yeah, that would be a very interesting conversation because there's, they're both really brilliant thinkers and they both have really different worldviews, you know? Um, How do you know him? How do you know Chris Ryan? Uh, we, he was, he was just in Colorado, like over the summer, we linked up, we podcasted together, just started hanging out. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, he's. He's just awesome, man. He's like, he's not, he's not one of these people that's like, oh, like I'm an author, like get away, you know, like he's just super down to earth and, you know, yeah, just, I guess I have a lot he of- lives in a van now, right? He r rides around the country in a van. He was, yeah. He was traveling around in a van. I mean, I think it's one of the, to me, it's like one of the coolest things. Like I would love to do something like that, you know, travel around and just meet interesting people and podcast with them and, and hear their stories and learn about their life. Like, you know, spend some time at a campsite with some couple that's like climbing El Capitan or is that the name of the, the mountain? Alex, yeah. Alec Conald and Sonny. Yeah. Yeah, he just like you know, he just it does that. Now I think he's in he's traveling around the world. He's he's in Asia right now. Um but uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I have not I've not met him, but I've read both of his his books and um yeah, he's one of those people I'd like to to talk to but haven't gotten around to yet. Oh yeah, I'll uh, I'll put you in touch with him because he's yeah, he's he's just really he's super cool. I I feel like he's uh he's always interested in in speaking with like people that are creating things, you know, and just I don't know. You know, yeah, he's he's doing it. He's living the life. Oh yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I like that he comes from uh like when he's on let's say Rogan for instance. I don't know when the last time he went on Joe Rogan podcast, but uh like Ro Rogan's mentality is so much, you know, like going hard and getting in shape and keeping your body active and he'll just be like no, nah, I'm just more about enjoying life and not like having to maintain that. And both are true. Both are completely true. It's great to be hard and work out, but uh, who can argue with what he's doing? Like when, right. it's, when it's all said and done, it's the Alan Watts thing. Like, yeah, he was boozing it up all day, but now that it's over, it's like, oh, was he making a mistake? I don't know. I, f I wonder if you feel this as a, as a creative person, you know, I, I kind of oftentimes, you know, have you read Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of uh, Art by any chance? Yeah, I, I like, I've read, I've read like all of his books and I recommend specifically that one to like everybody. So yeah, he talks about like the resistance, you know, like that, that resistance and stuff. And so there it is, there's like these competing, um, you know, these competing thoughts of like, man, this is like, there's this resistance and you got to kind of push through. And then there's sort of that, like the Roganism kind of way of like hustling and, you know, conquering your inner bitch and like fighting hard. And, and then there's this appealing other approach of like, no, like it should be easy. And like, we should have more free time and we should be able to flow and relax. And like, you know, so it's, I don't know. And, and I, sometimes I find myself like, I'm like, man, I should be doing this. I should be doing that, but I'm not doing it. I want to do this, but I'm not doing that. Does that, does that happen for you? Like, do you feel like every single well? moment of every day? <laughs> yeah, I've got, um, and I know it's all just a drama in my head and I know that it speaks to like, so much of it is probably ingrained from childhood and who knows, maybe past lives if you want to get even more <laughs> resistance. So, so yeah, you were saying, uh, yeah, the resistance and every day and 
Yeah, every single day. And while it might not appear that way to a lot of people, it's like they see me posting lots of art and the books and the da 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 da. But then there's like the I'm sitting on like ten podcasts I haven't mixed yet, and I haven't uh, made an image for yet, and um, yeah, I've, I've got stuff I haven't released yet. And some of that is like, you just can't do it all in, in one day, but some of it is, yeah, I could have spent that last hour doing that, but instead I spent it thinking about doing it while doing another thing. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know, then you can kind of get, become like a psychopath where you, what you're just producing all the time and all you are is a production conduit rather than, uh, uh, like Alex Gray talks about it, how like artists hate dogma. So once you get your routine down, which is really good, then that becomes a prison. It's like, oh, I don't want to wake up and do yoga and meditate and work out and eat healthy today, but I know I'll feel better, but I don't want to today. Mm. Yeah, it's that little, uh, ir- uh, what is it? The the irreducible rascality of human being something about the in, inescapable rascality that's another alan watts one like you can't defeat the the shadow self but that that makes it have momentum i think and ultimately like if i had just released one thing or i released a million billion things i really do think we just have one vibe all of us like we're we're just one vibe the whole time and if you if you did that then you did enough to to have shown up once it's really more about you and all of this is sandcastles anyway these podcasts are all be erased all of mine will be erased ultimately and because the the etch-a-sketch does get shaken up at some point so really it's all about uh, are we enjoying it now and are we kind of having fun building the castle and looking at the other castles and so on so that's your that's kind of like your mantra that that keeps you going then like if you're having fun in the moment like you're you're never finding yourself for like forcing yourself to like oh man i gotta do a, a drawing and i gotta think of something right so you're you're just like this is enjoyable if it's enjoyable you're doing it if it's not enjoyable then you're taking a break from it or you're relaxing like that's what happened to that's what happened to stand up where it wasn't as as enjoyable it's not like oh this sucks but the the surrounding stuff wasn't enjoyable the the driving to the venue parking sitting through five other comics talk about trump or whatever or the same kind of and i feel like so much stand up now they they haven't watched the greats. They they're like doing a bad version of a George Carlin joke from the eighties, and they don't know that. And they they just think like, well, I'm me, and I'm developing my thing. It's like, no, that joke already exists, and not even at the open mic level. I'm seeing like some trash on Netflix where it's like, you did that uh-huh. on a Netflix special, but these are already well established people that probably don't really care that they have rehashed some old stuff. But what was the point of all that? Yeah, on the macro level, if it's not fun, I don't do it. But uh, for for the stuff that I am into at the moment, let's say the drawing and the music and the podcast, it it's it's not fun to get started. But then once I'm in it, I'm I'm feeling good. Like let's say I I did a rough sketch of something and I don't feel like coloring it, I'll like kind of force myself to to beat the clock that day and make sure that I sit down and color it. And oftentimes after a couple of minutes, I'm, I'm into it. It's the state change. That's difficult. Once you get into a state, it's easy. It's like, it's hard to get into the shower, but once you're in the shower, you like it. And then it's hard to get out of the shower and so on. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's such a what? Yeah, that that's that. Uh, what is that? That rascality or whatever? Like yeah. that 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 transitioning point in our minds, we could build it up to be this like mega huge mountain that we have to. Oh my god, I have to go take a shower now. That's oh man, I gotta like take my clothes off and then I gotta turn water on. I gotta wait. You know, it's like everything is built up into this like catastrophic colossal event. Yeah. Shower is really a bad example. Shower is a well, bad whatever. example. Whatever. I mean, go to the gym a, is a good yeah, or whatever. Gym's yeah. a great example. Because yeah. we're feeling good when we're moving, like our bodies are supposed to move and then we we don't for a while. I'm like, oh it's gonna suck to move my body. But yeah, I can't, uh, and I don't even have a mantra of of that. Like it goes back to sometimes McKenna gets you going. David Goggins, Joe oh, Rogan, yeah. Jordan Peterson, Gary Vaynerchuk. But then after a while, these people get like you get tired of them. It's like you can almost you can think like them if you listen to enough content of someone. You can start to imagine what would they say. Like you could answer oh, it though it was them. And once you get to that point, then it's like, ah, oh, he's predictable. And totally, yeah, it's so it's so interesting. I feel like we do the same thing. And there's probably a lot of people out there that do this, where you you kind of like binge on something, or you you get like the 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 all the hits that you can. Like like I was list, I listened to Noah, and then I started listening to more Noah, and then I started listening to Neville Goddard stuff, and I just went down this whole rabbit hole. My whole world is filled with all this stuff. And yeah, and then it re it reaches some kind of like plateau yep. or peak until, and then it goes back down and then maybe I'll pick it back up again. Yeah. Like music, like so much music that we liked as, uh, as tweens and as teenagers. And then we're kind of taught to think it's not good. Like I loved, uh, you know, growing up, I loved red hot chili peppers and three eleven and incubus and and these kind of groups and then you kind of go through a phase of like no nah, now i'm into coltrane and jaco pastorius and weather report and classical music and and all this all this stuff and then some more time goes by it's like oh yeah i forgot that i liked that stuff and now that i don't worry about how i'm perceived for liking it i can actually just enjoy the thing because it's a thing that resonates with me in the time speaking of those it uh it, it made me feel good to hear, I saw this uh, Ernie Ball YouTube content called String Theory, where different guitarists talk about their first Ernie Ball strings or whatever bullshit. And Dave Navarro was one of them. And he says that he'll go through phases where he'll listen to just like, uh, I don't know, like Jeff Beck or the guy from, uh, what's the Pink Floyd guy, whatever, the guitarist from- David Gilmore? Uh, yeah, David Gilmore. Uh, so he'll listen to nothing but David Gilmore for like six months straight on and on. And then all of a sudden, like nothing. And then he'll listen to no music at all for, for another six months and uh, like won't even care about touching the guitar. And he's like, I respect people that have to play every day, but yeah, that's how I am. I'll just not even care about it for- for six months and then it'll come back. So it's good to be in tune with, with where you're at. And cause if you're forcing yourself to do something that doesn't resonate with you, you might be missing out on the thing that, that does. And we, we are called to certain things. Like I'm, I don't give a fuck about the French horn and some people love the French horn. That's their life or, or drums. Like some people have to beat the drums. Like I, I appreciate good drumming, but I never had that, like where I had to do that thing. I'm more of a string instrument guy and a doodler and I don't know whatever that thing is, but yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. to be in, in tune with that. I don't know how much uh, of a musician you are, how much you identify with that kind of stuff. Were oh, you ever man, a musician? I, 
No, I, uh, no, I never really was. I mean, I played the trumpet when I was in like fifth grade and then I got like my, my friend, uh, gave me a Fender Stratocaster guitar and I think I, I broke it cause I was just an <laughs> idiot and I was like, Oh, How'd you, you break it. You smash these when you're done with them, right? Like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what I saw Van Halen do. So I was no. like ten. Yeah, yeah. And I like I broke never, it. I but... always hated that. I always hated it even when even when Hendrix did it. I always thought like, no, don't do it. Like, and I get yeah, that like... it's a statement, but like what's more of a statement is not breaking it. Yeah, yeah. They really really influenced the the youth. Yeah. But 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 no, I wish I was more I mean, I have a good ear for music and I like I like music. And sometimes if I mess around and do a little thing, I, I feel like I could create something kind of good. I definitely have a lot of creative impulses. Like I used to I used to draw a lot and I keep telling myself I'm gonna get back into into drawing, but I'm just not. So um you, you ever know, do like it I, just to not to make like a final product, but do you ever just get out uh, you know, a blank piece of paper with a pen that's really fun and just like see what comes out? Because I think it's mm -hmm. very therapeutic. You do that, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The last one I did like that was I did the uh I did sort of like a Rick and Morty inspired alien planet with like these creatures like walking around on it and stuff. I love the animation in that show. In oh, Rick it's beautiful, yeah. Yeah, whole thing's uh, killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like you know, sitting down to do it. And I think there's something to be said about what you just said about. Um, That's a great you know, like, sentence. There's something to be said about what you just said about something <laughs> you said. I'm a professional podcaster, okay? So uh, everything I say is pure gold. Um, yeah, something interesting to be said about something that you said that I'm going to say now about repeating about what you just said about something that I said that now you're going to say. So uh, you, yeah, we were saying like you pay attention to this music and you kind of absorb all this stuff and then you just do nothing for a period of time. And uh, I used to think like, and people would peg me as like, oh, you're lazy, you're procrastinating. And I was like, oh, man, like, you know, fuck off. Like, I know my process. And then I read this book by Adam Grant uh, called Originals. Oh, that's uh, a great one. Yeah. Yeah, where he talks about like that procrastination period where it's really like a, like a sort of, a, you know, gestation or incubating period. And it's like, yeah. And then when I read that, I was like, yeah, that's what I've been doing the whole time. Like, that's what I feel like resonates with me. So yeah, I mean, like, do you feel that that that's something that you embody too? Like, when you're getting into uh, different modes of thought, thinkers, listening to different things, do you kind of feel like you're absorbing it all and it's kind of like becoming it all almost? And yeah. then like, you need time to like digest it. Yeah, and I think we're it's it goes back to that limitation thing. If we had all that in us already, there's nothing to do. So we're like these come in as relatively blank slates with a certain ph physiology, a certain upbringing a certain uh whatever past life thing and uh then we're we're missing some of those key pieces and then it it hits you and you know when it hits you and sometimes it hits lots of people which is why uh um you know Stephen Pressfield resonates with a lot of people or why uh crap why am I forgetting we just talked Jordan Peterson resonates with with yeah. people like as and the people that it doesn't resonate with that's why they hate him because it sounds like he's He's trying to rally people to to be hateful or something, but um, yeah. But music is deeper than that, even because it's so ineffable. Like you just know that you like it. You don't know why you like it. You don't understand the theory of it. Sometimes the theory of it isn't that complicated. Sometimes the theory is complicated and doesn't resonate with you. Sometimes it's even a group you love, and 
one of their pieces doesn't work on you. So it's like we have these little doors that are meant to be unlocked in our in our inner inner being and we get to unlock more of them and once you've unlocked it and played in those rooms long enough then it's like is there any more rooms is this it oh man i'm home alone here with just gary vaynerchuk and joe rogan this kind of sucks they're telling me to do a lot i don't want to do a lot oh who's this guy chris ryan he doesn't tell me to do a lot this guy rules (laughs) this guy in this room for a little bit beat bonobos for a minute uh-huh. It's all like yeah. <laughs> infinite know. rooms, infinite, infinite rooms. rooms. Actually, it's it's funny because I'm now remembering a trip that I had that is very similar to the, your like uh, color palettes that you use in your and 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 almost in that kind of character style. I was uh, in Woodstock, New York, on LSD, and then I ate an edible, and I was and I think the Flintstones movie was on, and I was like <laughs> sinking into the bed. And I remember going into this black void space and it was so awesome. And it was very much in this, and it was before I seen any of your art, but it was very, it's very much now reminding me of what your art looks like. And it was all these people and, and, and they were just, they were like waving and they're waving and there's all these like colors, these wiggly colors coming out, all different colors. I'm like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? They're just like, we're just, we're just waving our colors, man. Like we're just waving them. Just, just try it. Just wave with us. And, and I'm like, all right, cool. And I started doing it and it was just like this infinite thing. And this, uh, thing that was playing throughout my head was just like infinite creation, infinite creation, infinite creation. And it was this beautiful, just like painting of this black space, everyone waving their colors. And man, that's that, I think that's like, you know, that's where we're at. I mean, more than, I mean, that's where we've always been at, but more than ever now we could pick wherever we want like whatever reality we want to inhabit right like whatever flavor however we want to color our world and these uh with the infinite creation thing it makes me think of how ai is going to uh populate like we're going to live to see a day where you can listen to albums from bands that they never made but based on what they made before it's like here's what they would have sounded like in they were here today based on these other things you like. And then there's going to be purists that say like, ah, I don't like anything that the AIs made. And there's going to be other people like, what's the difference? Like the next generation won't know. Like what that album was never made. It's like, no, it wasn't an actual Beatles album. These are the actual Beatles albums. Whatever millennial, stupid <laughs> old timer doesn't like the AI records. And um, I mean, th- this is all just speculation. I'm not even, I'm not even super techno. I, I find myself de- defending technology and the future and stuff just because the negative is is so uh uh you know everywhere everyone is always talking about how social media bad technology bad blah, blah, blah bad but it's uh you know there's there's good to be had in it and of course yeah maybe it'll never replicate the true soul the a machine can't do that but like they said that about virtual instruments but prince made the drum machine funky and uh, the the horn uh, synthesizers are starting to sound really good. Before horns on a synthesizer sounded like shit. Now, like you can get really good music from a uh, digital thing because it all is it just is a waveform at the end of the day. It's how you're using it to to uh, express yourself. It's not really whether it's made of silicon or zeros and ones or a piece of metal that you blow into. It's all just whether you uh, used it to express yourself. Do you think that that like naysayer attitude serves a purpose 
at all like to you know like because it's it's been the it's that's how it's always been right i'm sure when 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 the automobile was first invented there was some guy that's like oh the only real way to travel is horse and buggy you know this is yeah like that has i feel like that's probably been with us for all time right like how dare you create fire you're playing with the gods uh, elements here you know but does that naysayer kind of attitude or that um, yearning for the nostalgia serve a purpose? Do you think like pushing us yeah. forward or like, what do you well, think? There's only, there's only two uh, forces. I mean, according to Sadhguru, which I like mm. this rap a lot. I like Sadhguru. Yeah. Yeah. He said that there's only two forces. There's the force that wants to expand out into infinity. And there's the force that wants to set up boundaries. And I feel like with just the boundaries, you're kind of fucked. And with the the force that just wants to expand out to infinity, that's kind of the same almost. You need the the I mean, it's so cliche to call it the yin and the yang, but it really is the zero and the one, the dark and the light, the boundary and the expand out. And you could consider the the role of the boundary setter to be the the nostalgia person, the the no more technological advances. Let's put a boundary on it now. Let's be Amish up until twenty. 12. Let's not live in our phones. Virtual reality, this is too much. Some people would say 95. Some people want to live in the 60s. Some people, uh, I mean, actual Amish want to live at what? The 1900s or something like that. I'm not familiar with where they cut off, but we're all Amish to a certain degree. And uh, it goes back to that line that the, you know, the future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed. Like I don't have the best computer. I have the same computer I had from 2015. There's way better computers now, but I'm using this one. And to me, it's like, this is the cutting edge, my computer and the VR helmet and and all this stuff. There's like so much more advanced stuff. And that's like just even what's available to the public. Like who knows what the government has right now? We don't even get to see or what Elon is playing with, with Neuralink. So we're all, we're all Amish compared to Elon right oh, now. Oh, man. But, but that is uh, that's the, where we're saying, okay, boundary. And then the Elon is the, you know, expand out to infinity, next level. And yeah, they're at forever war with each other. And that's what creates the friction that makes the whole thing grow, the, the friction of building the muscle. Mm. Yeah. What muscle is that though? Like, because what, like, why can't we all be Elon? Like I, I could see people saying like, you know, oh, like we, we should all be infinitely growing. Like who wants like a, who wants some, you know, grouchy crotchety person that's like, oh no, stop. Don't go that far. Stay here. Like I still have a hard time kind of understanding what, what purpose it serves, you know, but, but does it, does it, does it inspire the infinite creators to go, well, I'll show you or. Yeah. We'll go, the chip on the shoulder real. Maybe okay. it's not just that, but um, I know that it does like conflict is what makes the thing grow. And I'm having trouble articulating why that is yeah. right now. I mean, we all know it to a certain degree. Like we, uh, like so many of us, we probably wouldn't have developed the personalities we have if we weren't met with resistance in school. If everything we did was good and people loved everything we did, we'd kind of suck. We would just like make whatever noise, we'd be out of shape, we wouldn't share our toys, we'd steal stuff, we'd smell bad, like it'd probably be, like I put on deodorant. make whatever noise. Yeah, do you remember when you're, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, 
Do you remember when you first put on deodorant? Like I didn't do it because I smelled bad. I did it because I was told I smelled bad. Like one of my brother's older friends, like you stink. And I was like, that was the day. Like that's when you go from being a kid that doesn't need a stick of deodorant to being an adult that, yeah, I should probably take care of this stuff more. And, uh, you know, you grow a little bit of a mustache there where you can't grow a full beard. You're not ready to shave it. You're told. And I mean, these are kind of weird examples of like, you know, shame-based examples, but uh, Mm -hmm. you have to be told where you're going too far and you also have to be told that you're not going far enough. Yeah, what is that called again? It's like the something window, I forget. uh, uh, There's some kind of name for it where it's like we sort of need those extremes, you know, so we know where like the center is or so we know where like the, how to, where to bring balance to. Oh, maybe they like, were, do you know Seth Overton Godin? window, the Overton window. That's yeah. Cool. Do you listen yeah. to Seth Godin's uh, Akimbo? I, I, I don't listen to that, but I've, I've, I think I've listened to an episode or two. I've read his book and yeah, he's a, uh, he's interesting cat. Yeah. I love Seth. This. He, he talks about that. Yeah. I think it was a one episode. I don't know. I listened to so many podcasts. I don't know which episode of what it all blurs together in the same, same soup. And yeah, I'm lucky that I have uh, work that allows me to do that, which part of which is I crafted that. And uh, I could never understand people that their job is like video editor where you have to listen to sound and video and like you don't get to listen to another thing. Like I love being able to draw stuff and have a podcast playing in the in the background and like learn all this stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and when did you start doing all that? Like, were you doing it still when you were kind of, um, cause you know, doing stand up obviously takes a lot of time, right? Like you're probably, you're thinking of jokes all day, every day going is doing sets, maybe yeah. two, three sets a night, that sort of thing. Um, and so were you drawing then, or were you just kind of like drawing, like when did this, when did it kind of like pop off for you? With so the, I with did the drawing? a, I used to do a a comic strip for my college newspaper in Texas called The Daily Texan. That's the newspaper name. The the strip was called Strippy. And I did that every every weekday. And I got like $10 per strip. And I remember I loved that it was like I could draw a $10 bill. I'm like, this took me less time than if I were to draw an actual $10 bill. So this is great from the money side of it. But I also like the, the, the expression and uh, I feel like we all have ideas and the more you you have, uh, the more you're doing that type of idea, you start to think in terms of that. Like when you were doing stand-up, you probably started to think in terms of bits more, like mm-hmm. just bits would, would come up and you're like, oh, I got to write that down before I forget. And then you stop for a while and then you're not thinking of bits anymore. It just, you don't, it doesn't work like that. Maybe you're thinking of more epiphanies or, or uh, I don't know, whatever else you're into. And the the drawing thing while I was doing stand-up, I drew very little other than when I started to headline, I would start to like make posters for myself, especially locally, because I wanted to have that be the the thing that I that put up. So I started to develop the drawing chops more. Then as I was uh I, I had an album out and I wanted to sell something that wasn't just an album because CDs were going away. This was 2012. So yeah, people were already done with CDs. I could still sell them, but it was more of like, yeah, we'll we'll do it to support you and then we'll listen to it on the internet. And uh, so I, I'd always had this idea for the After You Die book. Not always. I'd had it for maybe like 
maybe five, 10 years prior to that, not fully formed, but I'm like, what if I made that into a comic book using the illustration style I have? And then I can sell that on the road too. And then I'll have this other supplemental thing, not, not just, uh, you know, shirts or something that you sell on the road. Interestingly enough, I did get back into shirts uh, uh-huh. later on. Well, people yeah. love shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I love shirts too. And they, uh, so the, the book I'm wearing one right now. Oh, cool. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, nice. <laughs> the, the, the book led to another book, led to another one. And then as more time went on, I started to think more in terms of, uh, drawing stuff than bits as it was just a more full expression for me because stand up bits are, you know, you have to try them so much and you don't know if they're always going to work. And, uh, it's, it's very, non-economical like to get a full hour that's even half decent takes a year two years non-stop grinding and even then it's like i'll watch stand-up specials now and they're like by the time they're done it's like that that's it that's the whole thing that's your hour oh i guess that was an hour huh i'm not gonna listen to it again because i know the bits the surprise is gone it just seemed like oh is that really what i want to do especially having done the other one and it had scratched that itch i'd been on television i did the montreal just for laughs thing like i'd kind of checked off all those little goals i had and the love for it had dissipated a little bit and i was fighting with it a lot i feel like i already said this in this episode but yeah you you kind of fight to hang on to your old version of you like the ramdas thing where he had to let go of himself as a cellist as a pilot as a professor and now finally he's let go of richard alpert he's not even richard alpert anymore he's he's just the hanuman neem karoli baba spiritual thing floating yeah. around we're in 2020 that's that's crazy like he's got a he's got an end date when you see his name now it says 1948 to 2019 and you're like wow 2019 is gone 2015 right. sounds like it's the future we're in 2020. That's that's beyond. I mean, Prince wrote that song 1999 in the 80s, and like that was seen as like, oh crap, the millennial. That's the or the millennium. That's so crazy. It's gonna happen one day. The year 2000. Now we're 20 years after the year 2000. Yeah, it's tr- it's pretty trippy because Ramdas. This is it's interesting because. I didn't really pay too much attention to Ramdas currently, like who he was in his current form in the, his later years. I watched a lot of and listened to a lot of his old stuff. So, in a sense, it's not like it's not like he was already dead, but he was already living on immortally from mm. those. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like he was already oh, totalized. Totally. Yeah, and he will yeah, be continued I- to be. Yeah, I'd I'd say I stopped like especially compared to his talks in the '60s, '70s, even '80s and '90s when he was like talking more about aging and and stuff like that, and uh, even post-stroke that was interesting. But yeah, to listen to him within the last five years, it was if you're familiar with his talks already, he was just repeating stuff and slower because yeah, he's in his nineties and had a stroke. Like right. there's not, there's not new content coming out of that body anymore. The vibe was there though. People that, uh, visited him said that he really did have that, uh, that 
that energy was clearly there. Like there was something you could feel palpably when you were next to him. doesn't carry mm. on in photographs, but I thought that was interesting. So now that's even gone. Yeah. It's, and I, I just think that like, yeah, there's something to be said about the in-person for sure. But there's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how the access to all the people that we've mentioned, and I guess I would consider them to be, you know, they're, they're like our teachers, McKenna, mm -hmm. Watts, Ramdas, like, how, how did we find these people? I mean, like they're, they're immortalized forever in infinity on the internet and available in a multitude of different platforms. It's like they're spirits living on digitally, you know? Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. And you can tap into them anywhere you are when you have the device. And mm -hmm. soon we won't even need the, maybe not soon, but uh, relatively soon we won't need a device to tune into them. And I, I think about channelers a lot. I'm not a channeler, I don't think. But uh, as more time has gone on, it just seems more real. Whereas before it was so easy to dismiss channelers. Now when you look on YouTube and you meet them and you realize they're not hucksters and these are people, they're, they're doing something. They are tapping into some kind of thing. Call it your subconscious or the larger consciousness system data stream of past individuated units of consciousness or whether they're spirits and you can tune into them like they're they're doing something they're not just making it up and as we get there with technology is like is that line gonna blur is like the people that can channel them and the people that just play their youtube ai is like the same kind of thing i don't know mm. i'm all into but, the boundary dissolutions you know? yeah boundary i'm i'm coming into your neural link right now to be you yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do you you definitely channel man like i feel like when you're when you're sitting down and you're putting something together you know and um you're thinking of I don't know what your process is, but you could maybe you could explain a little bit, but you're thinking of like the the thing and it's coming out of you. You're in that state of flow, right? You experience oh, sure. creative That's, flow energy. I'll yeah, I'll say that is I could say that's a form of channel. But I was speaking like you're like, okay, what does Freddie Mercury say right now? I'm like, I don't know what Freddie Mercury says. I don't know how to do that thing. Freddie Mercury says He wants to stick What's his dick guy? in your ass. He wants to stick his dick in your ass. Yeah, uh Paul Paul Selleck, I've got uh, right. Yeah. Got his book of freedom right here. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I have the, I am Paul. Yeah. the book of truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think I thought of one. getting all of them, but you get one and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. I don't need to read eight books of this. I love him, though. I love listening to him. And there's another guy like before him, there was not one person that I knew of that did that thing where they speak really fast and then they speak slow and you might think I'm full of shit and you might think that I'm full of shit or you might not or you might not. But that is the small stuff. <laughs> that is the small stuff. Yeah. So it's like that's another one. It's like, oh, man, you got me. And you've got uh, Duncan Trussell and uh, Aubrey Marcus co-signing you, which whether we know it or not, like there's a like when when people we already listen to co-sign you it's like that gives you that credibility of yeah like oh that was a guy on duncan and i know duncan so uh this isn't just some guy this is this is yeah. got the seal of approval he's certified yeah, yeah social <laughs> proof authority credibility all that stuff yeah that just reminded me like you you just said like oh you got me and you got him too and it's like that's uh you brought up something before about like yeah you know i like abraham hicks and i like this person and it's kind of like uh just finding the particular sort of 
delivery, tone, package, style, aesthetic that's pleasing to us. Like whatever this this story that this person has created, like yeah. the Paul Selig story, like he's selling a particular story and we're and the people that are buying it are buying it because they're they're enjoying it. They're yeah. enjoying that story. To some it's people, nice. that's Joel, that's Joel Osteen. To some people, like some people, Joel Osteen. I mean, he sells out the mega church stadiums. That does nothing for me. Like he doesn't get me, even though they're saying the same thing. Really, they're just like, you know, you you can have it all. Jesus wants you to have the popsicle and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like they are they are selling the same same thing. Like you can have what you want and not at the cost of being a bad thing. You that's actually your birthright is to be a all powerful thing and be kind to others and yourself. Like they are saying the same thing at the end of the day, whether it's the most material, like get up and work out at four in the morning guy or the sit, meditate and imagine yourself with all the stuff. They are just saying the same thing, but it's whatever we're uh, tuned into liking. Like some people love metal. Some people hate metal. Some people love country. Some people love all of it. Some people hate all music. It's, it's so weird. Like what, what we have in us and what, resonates uh with us and why we have our little soul families like you and i are in the same bubble and that we know all these characters like i have friends from high school who i still love and uh like i'll bring up mckenna and ramdas and they'll be like who i'm like what you don't know those things but but you were just talking about the other thing and that seems like it would so hit the spot for you but it doesn't they're not in that circle so that's yeah reality tunnels Yeah. yeah Or Noah, Michael Phillip, all, all these, it's a little little cloud of little people. And you and I probably have lots of overlap and we probably have lots of non-overlap. There's probably a lot of people you know, I don't know, and vice versa. And yeah, yeah. we're all we're all kind of gravitating towards each other, whether we like it or not. But this is probably the, this is like the thing. Well, yeah, this is the thing. I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, the, I think when you were asking me about being a libertarian before and stuff, like I was a libertarian atheist and like, I was like, I was like a fan of like Hitchens. I'm like, oh man, look, he just like smacks people down, man. Like he just makes sense. <laughs> oh man, Bill Maher. Did you see that movie? Religious? Like it just makes sense, dude. Like, what do you mean? But like, it's, it's such, it's like, whenever you're embodying that one perspective, like that was my flavor. That was who I was at that time during my development or whatever, you know? And so you meet people that are like in that frequency and then you're like, yeah, right, right. Yeah. This is the Mm -hmm. way it is. And it's like, it's comforting. We're not alone, you know? And so this particular set of like, that's why I'm so opposed to this idea of certainty, you know, now, because I feel like I've embodied different things of certainty. So now swimming in this, like the people that you just brought up, like I, I like those people and I like all the people that we feel like connected to and inspired by because they swim in this kind of like infinite ambiguity and agnosticism and like choose your own reality and, you know, um, just paint and color an infinite portal of creation and uh you know whatever flavor it's like a infinitely fractured resonant reality rubik's cube you know and we all want to play that and we all i think we like it's something mark maron would say like before he did comedy all he wanted was to be one of those guys like he didn't want to be the biggest comedian in the world he was just his goal was to just be one of those guys and i think you and i like you're an interviewer, but I imagine that that's not, you don't want to just be Larry King, right? Like you are probably uh, imagining like at your highest Tonight self. Ghosts you're... and ghost busting. 
What's <laughs> but even Larry King, like he was so good of an or is such a good interviewer that like that's he's a he's another thing, a swimmer in the big soup that people can tap into for inspiration. And we all just want to be a be an inspiring character in this big play and not just be an extra, I guess. Not just the narcissism part, but just in that you're actually providing some kind of value. Totally, dude. I I mean, yeah, you want to be the person that hits the beach ball at the concert and keeps it in the air, you know, like yeah. you want to be involved. You want to be involved in the game. I mean, it's just that's just the yeah, back to like where we started. I, I if you look at life as a game and it's just like the point of the game is to like, you know, operate within the boundaries and the limitations and the rules, but ultimately have fun. That's that seems like what it's all what it's all about, you know. Do you ever yeah. get depressed? Do you ever like every fall day. into despair? Really? Every every day, yeah. Really? Every day? Every day, really? Oh, of course. I mean, it's never it's never completely uh happy every maybe maybe not no, I would say like every day there's at least a little pocket of it. I'm not someone who's attempted suicide or even done the planning thing, but I am the type of person that anytime I've seen someone uh commits or you know <laughs> I haven't walked in on a suicide before, but I've known people that have uh killed themselves but anytime i hear about it there's like there's the people that are like what but how could i why would someone and they do that and then there's the other people that are like oh that's great that they made it this long and i think some of it's just a brain chemistry thing like it's just there's moments where nothing sounds good like no type of food or stimulus or sitting still or anything sounds good and also there's the narrative part where everything i've ever made is stupid it's a like third grader that made it it's cheesy not good i suck i'm going to only get worse the feeling isn't there um but yeah that's that's so there but i've i've i chose a long time ago maybe not that long ago but chose not to identify with it like you don't call it my depression or uh, as a person with depression like it's someone that uh, it's something that you should uh, actively try to I mean fight isn't the right word some people like fight because it's you know aggressive like kill it beat cancer yeah. lay the dragon yeah <laughs> it's like it's very aggressive it's loud and uh, some sometimes people need that aggressive but more it's more it's like what's your strategy to get over it like what's uh, sometimes you have to wait it out sometimes yeah. what's your strategy is that your strategy always changes it never yeah if i had like if i just had one 12 rules for life book and i read 12 rules for life and then i'm not depressed anymore no pet a damn cat man yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's uh never never one solution and sometimes it's sometimes you can't defeat it but then you uh go to bed and you wake up and you go to bed and wake up and then you realize it, it gets better maybe it's seasonal effective uh, sometimes there are triggers for it, like finances are a big one for everyone, myself included. Like if that number in your account is not what you like and mm. rent is coming up the next month and you've worked this hard and uh, you know, so many of us don't want to even check the bank account because we're afraid of what it'll say and that'll bring you even lower than where you were before. So it's better off not even looking at what that number is. Um, but even even that I've gotten over in the last last two years especially the last year like i've really uh kind of recognized a pattern once you see a pattern in your behavior you get triggered to be depressed like oh this again i'm gonna play that pattern again no i think i hacked that pattern where i I don't need to actually go through the 
the same emotions again. It's not like I'm happy all the time, but it's like, no, I can still think straight and recognize this is not the end. We've been here before. This is what we do to, to get out of it. And, uh, right. also the, yeah. the routine routine helps like having a, making sure you're physically active, getting sunlight, have social things, have something creative you're doing, have something you're working towards long-term, all, all that kind of stuff, uh, helps. I, I don't claim to have any solution for, you know, that's, works for everybody. I know some people do need medication. I know that also people are very overprescribed as well. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are just happy, I guess, too. Like they don't get it. They just are. That's good yeah. too. What about you? You have the depression? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I I go through extreme swings, ups and downs and um yeah, but uh, but yeah, and I try and you know, I tr- I try and have like big psychedelic trips to kind of clear, defrag my meat hard drive, and you know that sort of thing. Um, it's a great reset button. Yeah, maybe not for everybody, but I think it is. It is very helpful. It's not for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so much of it is not the narrative, even though we convince ourselves it's the narrative. It's oh, my career is bad, and I don't have money, and blah 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 blah. But uh, sometimes that just something in your brain chemistry needs to be changed and the psychedelics can, can help with that. And you just, you don't know it until it's there. And then once it's there, you're like, Oh, I was depressed. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's also like, it's, it's hard to be, I think, you know, in this kind of, in the world that we're wanting to be in, like, man, I just want to be a creator. Like, I just want to create, I just want to do creative things. And I feel like I can't really function in any, any other kind of like rigid structured environment. And then it's like the money thing and like fighting against that. And, um, you know, but, uh, and the jealousy is so easy to be triggered nowadays with, um, with just being subjected to so many images of people doing better than you, whether it's in the grocery store on the tabloids, in the in the phone, like on the explore, like you're confronted with nothing but, uh, you know, celebrities or even twelve year olds that are better oh than God. you. Yeah, they're they're funnier than you. They're year better olds. at music. Yeah, <laughs> or eight year olds. They're they're all like anybody from any access is outperforming you, and you get into this trap where you eventually realize it's like what I'm jealous of a thousand people. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going to do what they do in that many different directions. And also there's only 24 hours in the day. And anytime you spent looking at someone else, you're not looking down at your own paper and building your own thing. So I don't know. I don't think, I don't think avoiding social media is the answer for someone that wants to be a part of the world, but also not fixating on it. It's not good either. It's like you should spend most of your time working on your thing and spending a few moments in the day doing the uploading and, uh, you know, replying to comments and people that message you if you want to have a connection with the world. If you don't, that's great too. But I feel like most of us, especially you doing a podcast, me doing podcasts, something in us wants to be engaged in the world. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have met you had it not been for Instagram. I wouldn't have met a, a lot of other people without those. It's so easy to talk shit about those platforms, but uh, th- there's good in them for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, the the reason why I de- decided to get rid of some of my social media is because I I had a kind of a, a devastating breakup, and so like I I was like checking my ex's stuff, and I'm like, man, I can't. Oh, that's no good. I know, and it's, so it's just like like a self control thing, and I'm just like, all right, I can't do that. So if I just get off of social media, then I'll I'll avoid that. You know, how long um, of a relationship? 
Uh, it was a little like over a year and a half, almost two years. Okay, yeah, that's long enough to to take more than a week to to uh, get over. I'm I've been in a relationship for like seven years now, so it's I feel like I've missed so much of what I don't know what the dynamic of uh, someone dating someone early on, where you can see so much of their life in in that screen. It's such a different thing. Like let alone the the dating apps, which I never did, but it's a oh, whole man. different world now. The dating I'm apps so- are forget about it. it's every it's just like a, it's like a factory like i feel like someone makes this in like a plant somewhere and they're just like they just like press them and send them off to the apps everyone's just like hey like you know like uh, i like uh i like drinking beers and hiking and it's just, i love dog must love dogs looking for a dog daddy like it's just the the same it's like the same everyone's the same mm. they just like blend in together so the apps yeah the apps suck I mean, the my ex and I met in like a very intense way. Actually, we met in an ayahuasca center in Peru. So we never had, we didn't have like the traditional kind of like, hey, you want to go out on a date? Like we were just like, hey, you're you're puking your guts out, and I'm shitting my pants. Want to want to do it together? Like <laughs> these two were made for each other. Yeah, you've got the front, I've got the back. Yeah. Uh, how how did it end? Oh, um, well, we yeah, we both moved to Denver together moved we like set up a whole life together moved into an apartment got everything going and then i don't know it was just you know one it just i think it was really uh it was just a compatibility thing you know just like two kind of conflicting things i mean but it's also like we're both doing like a, a tremendous amount of work you know on ourselves that we weren't really able to like come together to do together work you know mm-hmm. i think it was just a, it was like a misfire i mean all the all the right elements were there but i think in terms of like where we needed to be to make it work as like a couple just wasn't there so who they so said is is it des- devastating because of the separation or devastating because uh like the way it went down both yeah oh both, both. so not yeah, not it, good it, term it went it just went down and it kind of exploded you know it kind of mm-hmm. came like like a literal explosion like uh well, actually, not a little figurative explosion, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it just came crashing down, kind of unexpected, and tried to we tried to like pick up the pieces and make it work, and I think it was, it was just I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before where it's just like like I feel like this conversation's been pretty good, like we've been vibing, kind of like you know connecting, like flowing. I talk, then you talk. Sometimes you get into a situation where it just feels a little off. You know, like you're missing each other. You're not really understanding what the other person's saying. The other person's maybe communicating in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we, we we hit that point and it was just like, it was weird. It just was like, yeah. That's a, I'll, I'll get into that point sometimes too. And I'll be guilty of it. I'll be the perpetrator that's not listening and just kind of saying the thing almost like I have a, an agenda to prove a point. But as long as that's not the the default dynamic, as long as that's like a, a one-off thing. I think that's okay. Do you talk about this on your show or this is the first time? I haven't really talked about it. I think I maybe mentioned it. Like I was going to do, I was going to do this episode where I did like a 2019 recap kind of thing or something. And then I just decided, I was like, you know what, man, like I'm not going to tell these stories anymore of like, well, this happened and then this happened and then I felt this way. And like, I've done that a lot on my show and like I've, and people have really People really seem to appreciate that and they'll reach out and they'll be like, man, thank you for saying that. Thanks for being vulnerable. But I just didn't feel like it this time. I felt like I want to, I, I just want to kind of reinvent myself and, and move forward, you know, and not get attached to like 
all these little stories of what happened, you know? Oh, damn it. What happened? back um yeah sorry man i don't know that's, that's really weird I, i've never had issues with this program now i'm now you know it's, it's a miracle any of this works yeah it is yeah um but anyway listen dude i appreciate you uh spending this much time you know uh, uh talking and stuff i i feel like uh oh totally yeah, what are we at fun i'm not sure i have like all these separate recordings now i think it may be like <laughs> an hour and an hour and 40 minutes but uh Oh, cool. Do you want to wrap it up? What, 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 how do you feel? You want to go? I'm, how long do you do? How long are your episodes? Ah, uh, hour and a half to two hours. Oh yeah. Why don't we just stick around for a few more minutes and wrap things up? Sure. Get a nice bow on it. Yeah. So you were saying you don't talk about relationship stuff often. You were going to do a 2019 recap and then you realize you don't want to start uh, re uh reviving vibrations that are not um your favorite not that they suck but it's like you know you don't want to just uh, rehash things when there's the now yeah i think i got, i just i felt like um that the more that we tell the stories of the things that uh have happened to us that the more that we give that like life and 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 power and energy over us you know in a way and i don't really want to cast myself into like a victim role you know and i feel like I, i've done that quite a bit in, in in life sometimes like telling a story of like well you know um you know people be like oh you don't do stand up anymore like oh yeah it's 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 pretty tough isn't it and it's like no that's not what it was i mean here's the story this is how it went to, like this is the and i'm painting all these images of things and so, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, um, just uh, I, I, I'm not shy. I'm not like shy. I'll get personal on the show. I'll reveal details. But you know what I mean? Like, the- I feel like that's where it's at. Not like that's only where it's at. But I feel like people listening appreciate when uh, they they learn little, you know, deep tidbits because then it can you know help them in their own life because it's not all about integration and psychedelics and you know, this vague idea of doing the work. It's like, like I loved when Duncan Trussell was uh, talking about how he had to uh, borrow like eight grand from Natasha when they broke up and he was broke. And this was at a moment in his career where this was before I even knew him. And I, I saw him as like, oh, this guy's got it figured out. He's got the successful podcast. He's living in LA doing this and he's being his true self. But little did I know at the time he was he was broke and was uh, didn't know what to do. And then he revealed that uh, tidbit and I was like, oh, that's cool. Or when people talk about their, uh, or Aubrey Marcus and whatever, what's her name, Whitney something, mm-hmm. when they were uh, going through their jealousy breakup things, it's the, yeah, the authentic shadow parts of ourselves that that help people. And these podcasts are all about intimacy, you know, where it's just us two and whoever's listening, you, the listener, right now while they're doing whatever. And for the most part, it doesn't even have to be great. They just are happy to not have their thoughts. They want someone else in the room talking with them. And they're like, you don't feel like you're left out of the conversation. You're like, it's almost like you just haven't spoken yet. It's like you're sitting there listening to your friends talk. I'll say something later, but what do they have to say right now? Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, I'm all for uh, super... Uh, authenticity, revealing stuff. Also, easy to say when it's someone else dishing the stuff. Like, what's your girlfriend's name? What did she do? What is? 
what's your social security number? <laughs> what are those uh, digits on the back? <laughs> three digits on the back of your credit card expiration date. Yeah. So you think I should do? You think I should do do, do an episode like that? Then you think I should? I mean, that, that would be. It sounds like that. A You're, recap, or just kind of talk about it. Uh, maybe you know whatever's. I think. I think honestly, any of the times that I've done a solo episode where I've talked about something deeply personal. Uh, it's always come out of a spark. It's always come out of, of like I have to do this. Like this is what's present. Uh, this yeah. is what's present for me right now, and I need to do this. And I oftentimes have found that when I did that, when I do that, it's just coming out. And and yeah, I mean, people do. It does make me really happy that people will say, "Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you for talking about those things." Yeah, don't fake the funk, of course. Don't talk just because you can. Like, I hate when people have a solo episode and they don't have anything to say. They're just filling the time. But uh, thinking about every podcast I listen to, I always do appreciate the solo episode every now and then where you kind of learn more about the the person you've been listening to this whole time and they have this other thing going on. These are their insecurities. This is what they're struggling with at this moment. Sometimes it helps. Maybe not everybody. Maybe some people would be like, screw this episode. There's no guest. I don't like not listening to the yeah. the guest episodes. But uh, I mean, you can always skip stuff you don't like. But what's your t- what's your take on kind of what I said about like the stories and giving them power and giving it weight and having that be this sort of narrative where you tell and it's like, uh, you know, maybe casting yourself in a particular sort of role. I think that because because it's interesting because this this is all it's all my perspective right and and uh, i'm on the same page as you with that i don't think you should reactivate those uh vibrations if you're not in in it at the moment don't keep telling yourself the the victim story also don't do it the other way either i mean there's that dichotomy don't um don't act like you didn't just stub your toe mm. whether in micro or macro level but uh yeah, don't be the person who stubbed their toe. That's like your whole story for a year, even though the pain is long gone. But sure, scream out when you slam your toe against the leg of the table. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's man. good content. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Do it for the gram. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> oh, I, I do come from about. the. Yeah. I do come from that. I, I do agree with Gary V and that you cannot uh, post enough stuff whether you're a musician or podcaster or artist there's n- we're past the age of being able to oversaturate you cannot you cannot have too much of what it is you want to do available don't spam people don't show up in their inbox every day don't post 10 instagrams in a row but like as far as uh you know having it be accessible like let's say in a Patreon or something like that. Like, I don't think you can oversaturate yourself. Yeah. I think I'm the opposite. I don't do enough saturation because I'm, I don't know. I'm like fucking, I got some like Gen X DNA in me or something. That's like, <laughs> like if, if people want it, they'll come to me. Like, you know, but uh, are you Gen X or no, nah, I'm barely millennial. I'm barely millennial. Yeah. I'm 84. What are you? 84. 84. Yeah. Cool. Good year. It's a great year, man. Yeah. Orwell. Mm-hmm. We're, we're the, we were born in the dystopian prediction. Yeah. <laughs> we were. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, this is, this has been great, dude. I really enjoyed speaking with you and uh, I feel like I thanks could, for having yeah, me. Do it more um, for sure. Definitely tell people where they can go find you and uh, the rainbow brain skull and your Instagram and all that stuff. Yeah. So you can go to rainbow You can go to remain 
Uh, also, my Instagram is where I'm most active social media wise, but it's pretty much the same uh, content, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I, I, I make drawings and podcasts and I put them on those. And uh, the Patreon, I'm starting my Patreon back up. I haven't uh, made the announcement yet, but I've got a lot of stuff banked up and nice. that's going to be my focus in, in 2020. So if you enjoyed anything of what I've said today and you want to check more of that out, stop by, uh, tell me that you heard me on Mikeadelic and I'll give Mikeadelic 100 um, points on the imaginary point system. 100 points! One. Yeah, once. Well, Only one I'll time. take 100 yeah. flargan snouts. One hundred, <laughs> or maybe I should maybe I should do like a giveaway or something. No, I don't want to. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Message me and tell me if I should do a giveaway for you. I'm so do do whatever you do, yeah do whatever you feel uh, called to do. Um, but yeah, I mean go go check out uh, Ramin's stuff, everyone, because it's just uh, it's awesome, you know. And and back when we were talking about before, actually, you were you know like writing bits and things like that. Like some of the uh, art that you do, I mean, it's it's like I could tell that there's like an element of sort of like you know joke writing in there. And there was this one that I was actually laughing about before we came on, where it was like. Tonight, the news. We all wear suits and we live in a world of buildings. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, yeah. We do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your stuff is great. Go check out his stuff. And um, thank you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I feel like we, I think, uh, how do we end this? Like, what, what's like, what, how do we put a bow on this? Is there like a, is there a final thought that's like rushing into my brain right now to say something? It's never all done. It's good enough until it isn't. The podcast could keep on going. We could just keep talking. We could just never end this thing and just keep it going. And if people, if you ain't, <laughs> if you ain't psyched, then it ain't mine. Oh, is that is that, boom. is that how you end it? That's how. That's, Do you have anything you say? No, nah, man. Keep it keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Uh, who says that? Pete Holmes. Yeah. Boomer lives. Good night and good luck. Uh, so so long, sweet bitches, or whatever Rogan says. So long, satsang. So long, satsang. I just made that up. Go fuck yourself. That's Bill Burr. <laughs> uh, Until next time, folks, and remember to do the thing that you want to do until you don't want to do it anymore, and it's not good enough, and then you feel like you want to come back and do it again. Yeah, great advice. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Ramin. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. If you did, go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star rating and a review if you feel like writing something. Uh, that would be great. It helps the show a lot. helps us bump us up in the uh, Apple algorithm, get the podcast exposed to more people. So if you like the show, go ahead and do that. If you want to go a step further, go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron. Be a part of the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum WhatsApp chat group of people chatting and connecting all around the world, refining the others, bringing them together, creating community. One of my favorite things to offer. I also release bonus episodes. Sometimes I do episodes that are kind of raw and kind of beta test them for the producers of the show, which are my patrons, the people who support the show. Big shout out to everybody that's a patron. Thank you for your love and support. If you want to do a one-time donation, go to my website, mikebrank.com. Go to PayPal and do a one-time donation if you feel that. And uh, I really like the method of donation. 
It's a, it's a gifting mentality. And reading Charles Eisenstein's books recently and his talks have really kind of made me embrace the spirit of the gift, of giving and gifting. And what better time than this holiday season to be generous and to give. And, you know, if you like the show, just tell, tell people about it, spread it, share it. Also, contact me. Go to my email uh, on my website, the contact page, mikebrank.com. Reach me on Instagram, mikeadelic underscore podcast. Hit me up on Facebook. Send me your messages. Send me your thoughts. Send me guest suggestions, ideas. Share your story with me. Reach out. Give me feedback. What do you like? What don't you like? And uh, I love to hear from people. I always respond. So uh, you can go ahead and do that. If you're interested in CBD, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. You can go to hempbombs.com, get all kinds of CBD stuff. And um, I used to take their their gummies. I think I'm going to start taking them again. I ran out, so I got to get some more. But uh, they're really good. And um, yeah, check it out. If you're interested in CBD, you want to give it a try, put in the code MIKE15 at checkout and get 15% off all of your CBD wants, desires, needs, and so forth. Big shout out to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro and the outro. And uh, of course, thanks to Muse, who uh, I mash up their song and put the Terrence McKenna clips and everything in without their permission, but somehow I'm still able to do it. So thanks, because I love that. And uh, what else? I don't know. Thank you so much to everybody for your love and support, for listening. And yeah, I really, uh, really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, really can't express how grateful I am that out of all the podcasts out there that you choose this one to listen to. And uh, yeah, uh, like I said, let's really make this a collaborative effort. If there's something that you hear, that you notice, you know, something going on with the show that you're like, hey, you used to do this or you do that, or I'd like to see this, or hey, did you ever think about that? Shoot me a message. I'm open. I communicate. I message back. I like this to be a collaborative effort. I want more community involved in this. So anyway, thanks. And uh, till next time, peace.